Kia ora koutou. let's get this web conference underway. Greetings everyone, Hi mai, welcome to the No More Tips or Dumps field trip. Now I'm Andrew, the Learns field trip teacher, and it's just gone 11am on uh, Tuesday the 20th of March. So this is our first field trip web conference. So welcome to the Learn Zoom Room, our new platform for this year. And sitting next to me is Tim Brake. Our landfill and energy part, Tim. Um, I'm a commercial manager, so I look after all the waste that isn't um, curbside collection. There you go, and Tim's given us a bit of a tour of the site, and you'll be able to check out the video tomorrow where you get a bit of an overview of Redvale Landfill and Energy Park and, and what goes on here. Um, it's a little bit rainy and sunny and cloudy and all sorts here on the North Shore of Auckland. We're in an area. Very flat, very flat. So um, we're kind of working in and around the rain. But um, I just thought I'd introduce you to uh, Busby. So Busby is from Spring Creek School. And I think there's some people that are with us at the moment that recognize Busby. So Busby's having a great time. We've got uh, Spud. Spud's from St. Helier's School. And Egbert, Egbert, the Lens Ambassador. So you can check out how their travel day went yesterday by having a look at their pages on the website. Um, so at the moment, you're sitting in the offices here at Redvale. Um, we've, we're inside pretty much just because it's because it's raining. Um, this is a a conference room. Not a lot to see. Behind us, you can see some awards, though, and these are actually environmental awards. So um, it just shows you that uh, a modern landfill, an engineered landfill, uh, can actually be a good thing or do good things to make sure there's no harm in the environment. Hey, welcome to our speaking school. So we've got two speaking schools this morning, and uh, we've got Te School all the way over in the Chathams, the Chatham Islands. And we've also got Spring Creek School. So what we're going to do is take the turns. So in a moment, we'll start off with question number one from Te Ones School, and then we'll move to question number one from Spring Creek and just alternate it that way. Guys, make sure that you introduce yourself so we know who we're speaking with and get nice and close to the uh, computer or, or whatever you're using so that we can hear your question nice and clearly. Okay, so let's begin with question number one from Te One School. Okay, um, hi, my name is Sophie. I'm a year seven and um, this is the question. Has anything been invented to stop or ease, ease. ease leaching from waste? The leaching from waste is actually a natural process. Um, orange juice is leachate. It's basically the liquid from inside the cell walls of plants and animals. So it can't be stopped, but all it can be is managed properly. So a modern engineered landfill has a liner underneath, which stops the leachate from escaping to the environment, and it has a cap. the consenting process and so they're, they're ensured that they don't harm the environment. 
So essentially, Tim, leachate comes when, when the rain filters through? No, that's more, that adds, that dilutes the leachate, which makes more. The leachate's when the cell walls of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a of plants or animals rupture. Again, like an orange, when um, an orange looks solid, but when you um, smash it up, all the juice from, from the orange runs out as orange juice, and that's leachate. Obviously, when the bugs get to you, want to share it with them, but again, that's, um, it, it's basically the food we eat. Okay. It's a good question, though, and it's good to see you thinking about, um, about managing these, these byproducts of waste. So we'll move to Spring Creek School now for your first question, please. Hi, my name is Edison, and my question is, can recycling be a negative thing? Can recycling be a negative thing? Interesting question, Tim. Um, yes, it actually can. Um, the problem with recycling is most of it isn't actually recycling, it's only delaying. So by recycling, we're fooling ourselves that all we need to do is recycle and we can continue doing what we're currently doing. We're going to have to make major changes to the way we do everything to become sustainable. So plastic is not um, recyclable, it's only delayable. However, things like um, a paper, etc., that is recyclable, glass, it's recyclable, um, and any, um, but again, it's, so it's, it's, worth, it's unfortunately fooling ourselves that, that it's all we need to do, and it's, and it's so wrong, we have to do so much more. When, when you say plastic though, Tim, are you talking single-use plastic? Because plastic is actually a really useful product. Yes, I know, that's why we're so addicted to it. No, all plastics will end up as global increment CO2. A, a tonne of polyethylene, whether it's a single-use, or a, or a multiple use application will eventually oxidize in the environment and produce over three tons of CO2. It's basically delayed fuel burning. So no, all plastics who, that are, aren't derived from an organic source, so some plastics are made from plant, and that's okay because the plant grew, we make plastics out of it, the, the, the plastic falls apart, it produces the gas, which then the plants grow against. But for the vast majority of the petrochemical um, plastics, it's all, they are all um, un, um, unrecyclable, they're only delayable. Um, there's a whole series of examples of that. Again, we take a fizzy drink bottle, we send it off to China, it comes back mixed up with our clothes as, co as polycotton. The problem is at the end of the life of the clothes, we throw the clothes in the landfill. All we've done is delayed the disposal of, of the fizzy drink bottle by the life cycle of the next product. So again, it's only delaying, it's not recycling in, the, in, the, in, the, in a true sense. The only recycling we, we do is things like glass bottles into glass bottles, cardboard boxes into cardboard boxes. That's where you're making the same thing over and over. Oh, bad news for plastic. Bad news okay. for plastic. <laughs> Great question. Thank you very much, Edison. And uh, yeah. Recycling essentially can be a negative thing. So on his school, can we have your second question, please? Uh, my name is Mitchell, and um, my question is, can we reduce the amount of waste we produce? We certainly can, and one of the ways of, of reducing it is by buying less. So again, obviously, the less we, we buy, the less we do, the less waste we're going to generate. But also, when we buy something, we have to really consider what happens to it in the end. Fancy plastic 
um, wrap and foil may, may make your, your Christmas and birthday presents look really nice on the day, but afterwards that weight is going to be with us for, forever, long after you've forgotten your, your, your presents. Even what we do, we need to buy well, buy a, a toy that, that is strong and robust and lasts longer as opposed to something that falls apart very quickly. So again, it's really important to, to, to buy right, and if you buy things that are made from plants and animals, they can never be waste, because eventually they will fall apart back to the biosphere to be remade again. So as I said, we can reduce waste by all of those types of, of, of processes. It requires a lot of discipline and a lot, a lot of thought. When you buy something, understand this will be waste eventually if you buy it wrong. It's interesting you say it takes discipline, um, because quite often it's convenient the way we the way we operate now. So to be more disciplined often takes a bit more time, a bit more thought, and a little bit less fun too. Sorry. Well, depends how you define fun. I think it's fun to to look after the planet. Uh, Spring Creek School. Now, thanks for that, Mitchell. Good question. And Spring Creek School will have your second question, please. Hi, my name is Elias, and my question is, what happens if we don't recycle? If we don't recycle, it means we've got to use, we, we create more waste up front, which has to be dealt with, but also by not recycling, we have to use more new resources to make new, new things again, which means we use up the, the, um, the, the um, earth resources faster. Recycling is better than doing nothing, but again, sometimes not too much, but it is still better than doing nothing. We are slowing down the amount of waste we're creating and slowing down the amount of resources we are consuming. But again, we're only slowing it down. It's still not um, an end goal. We have to stop doing these sorts of things. Gosh, lots to think about already, isn't there, guys? Hey, let's move back to Tiwana School um, from the Chatham Islands. Do you know that they have a different time zone in the Chathams? By 45 minutes. They're 45 minutes ahead of us. Um, so it's actually lunchtime at the, on the Chathams. No wonder I'm getting hungry. Uh, can we have question number three from Te One School, please? Andrew, I'm just going to butt in. We've just come back from interval. <laughs> right. Okay. To honest school, question three. My name is Blaze and I'm a year six. My question is, can we pass more laws to stop producing plastic that is not biodegradable? Um, yes, we, the government could, um, um, but there was, there's likely to be unintended consequences. And it will certainly put the price up for everything, which is what people are afraid of doing. Um, unfortunately, that's about the end of a question I can answer. It's really a question for, for, for local and, 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 na and national government as to what they're prepared to do. But again, a lot of these sorts of rules can come back and bite us and will certainly make everything we do more expensive, which then means we can't do as much. <coughs> Sounds like a writing task coming up for you guys. You could maybe uh, write a letter to a politician and ask that very question. Okay, Spring Creek School, question number three from you, please. Kilda, my name is Rico. I would like to know why does plastic not break down? Okay. Um, most plastics aren't natural compounds. 
and they're also very, very new in the environment compared with the age of the Earth. So no um, systems, biological systems, have yet evolved that is able to actually deal with them. So it takes a long, long, long time for, for these um, systems to evolve. So basically, all we can do is burn them and produce a global warming increment or bury them in landfill to actually um, put them underground again. So, um, but again, there's, there's no way that the bugs have learned, in, in the, uh, the bugs that we've got in the world have learned to, to, to know what these, these, these molecules are and consider them food. Do you think you could, something could be made so that they do eat it? Um, some things can be eaten easier than others. Things like polyesters and nylons have a, a structure which allows the bugs to get in. But when you look at something like polyethylene and polypropylene, they're long um, molecular weight waxes where bugs have no place that they, they can grab hold of and eat. So um, again, it depends a bit on the plastic. But again, even if you are biodegrading a, 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 a oil-based plastic, the, the gas that you're releasing, the CO2 releasing, is still like burning it, still global increment. Just because it's gone through a bug's um, um, digestive system doesn't make it green. It's where it came from that matters. We need to stay within the biosphere, use bioplastics. We can't use um, plastics derived from petroleum products. Okay, so, well, that's a good thing. So there are actually what you call bioplastics. Yes, there are. Okay. And there's getting more and more of them, but they're more expensive, and so people won't pay for them. That's when the discipline comes in. <laughs> okay. Great stuff here this morning, people. Um, so that was number three from Spring Creek School, which means we're up to question number four from Te One School. Hi, my name is Wilmer. And here's my question. Can you please explain the process of how the methane gas is formed? Organic material is food. When we eat it, there's bits left over. And one of the bits that are left over is CO2, which we breathe out. The problem with a landfill is that it can't breathe in, so there's no oxygen in the landfill. So, so the bugs in the landfill have to try a different method of eating, and their eating process leaves CO2 and methane as the bits left over. Right, there you go. And we're going to talk more about how that methane is captured and what is done with it. The field trip progresses this week. Thank you for that question. And Spring Creek School, we're up to question number four from you, please. Hi, my name is Anna, and I would like to know if there is something that should get recycled but doesn't. Um, New Zealand is a really small country, and we're also really um, poorly uh, distributed over a very long um, mass. So there's certain things that are recycled in, in bigger countries and, and more dense populations that we don't do here. Classic example is window glass, which we're currently not recycling in New Zealand. Also, some of the plastics, if you notice, there's this plastic numbers one to seven. Well, we don't actually do those, uh, those lower numbers either, because again, there's not as much and they're uh, too well distributed. So there's a whole series of, of those sorts of materials. Again, window glass is the classic example, which, which we should, could and should recycle, but there's not enough of it in any one area to make it viable. Thanks, I have a question. And to honest school, uh, your final question this morning, number five. Hi, my name is Jessie, and, and I'm a year six. This is my question. What types of machines do you use and what is the cost of running these machines? 
okay? If you get a pen and paper and write down the numbers, you can also look them up on the Caterpillar website. So we've got big yellow Caterpillar dozers called D8s, and they push the rubbish from, from the tip pad where the trucks dump it down the, the slope to the, to the tip face, and you'll see that in the video. And then we've got a 50-ton yellow Caterpillar called an 836K. And that's got spiky wheels, and it basically runs over the, the rubbish and, and, and breaks it up and, and, and compresses it. And then also we have to move a lot of dirt around the site to, to, to cover the landfill and make, make the liner. And they are called D8 bulldozers. Um, so again, if you look, look up, up those, you'll, 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 see, you'll see them on the website. And they cost about $3,000 per day each to run. Of course, there's also some other machinery, which are the generators. Yes, they are, um, they are um, millions of, of, of dollars each, um, and they and we will see those. We've got twelve of those, um, and they generate one megawatt of electricity each um, by large piston engines. And basically, the gas burns in the piston engine like a petrol engine. But instead of having wheels, we actually um, gen um, generate electricity instead. There was another interesting machine I saw uh, having a look around the site today too, Tim, was the, um, the blower blowing, blowing the um, spray to stop, stop so much smell. Yes, well, as you know, your waste smells. So when you throw, when you throw out your rubbish sack, etc., um, once a week or whatever you do, depending on, on, on your location, um, when you smell that, it's, it's, it stinks. So when it arrives at the landfill, it smells exactly like that. And so what we have is an over-suppression system around the perimeter of, 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 of the tip face that we actually spray a mist of, of a light oxidant, like exit mould, and that basically reacts with the smell and removes the, the, the ammonia and the H2S, the, 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 the rotten ruer smell from the, the, um, the, the, the surrounding area and doesn't annoy the neighbours quite so much. Must be like the little um, canister of spray that my wife got me to use in the toilet. Yes, pretty much, except it doesn't have an odour component, so we're not trying to mask the smell with, with a nice smell. We're trying to attack the smell chemically and make it go away. Okay, enough about that. Um, good question, though. Thank you. Lots of, lots of big machinery, and, um, yeah, if you like bulldozers and stuff, it's a good place to come and watch them work. Um, and Spring Creek School, question number five from you, please. Hi, my name is Alyssa and I would like to know how we can make recycling easier. Okay, well, we can make recycling easier by buying right in the first place, which um, to ensure that whatever we're buying is actually recyclable within your local community. So if you buy paper or cardboard, then you know that can be recycled. Tin cans, again, can be recycled. Glass bottles can be recycled. Um, and maybe some plastics, even though we've talked about that they're only being delaying. Also, you have to make sure that your recycling is clean. So if you've got a cardboard box with pizza um, um, on it, then you can't recycle it. You, you'll actually pollute that, that recycling stream. So we have to make sure it's clean. We also have to make sure we've got the right containers. So don't put cardboard in, in, the, pla in, in the plastic um, or, or, or bottle container, and don't put bottles in the cardboard. We have to keep them separate to maximise the amount of value in them the, 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 to make that process worthwhile. A lot of things I'm thinking about this morning that you guys are responsible for. So this has been really good to 
actually just remind myself um, about the responsibility I have um, in terms of what's going out to be collected from the roadside. Well, in a moment, there's going to be a further opportunity to put questions in the chat pod on the Zoom room here. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you to our speaking schools, to Honest School and Spring Creek School for your fantastic questions. Now, you're going to have an opportunity to put some more questions to Tim uh, during the informal part of the web conference. So this is the end of our formal part of the web conference. Um, so thank you very much, Tim, for uh, your time to answer questions so far. So what we'll do now, um, oh, by the way, this was recorded. So if you want to listen and watch again this web conference, go to the web conferences page on the website and there will be a recording up uh, later on today. Uh, so if you want to review the information that, you've, that Tim's given you today, you can do that. And uh, you can read about the travel day yesterday as well by um, viewing my diary. Okay, so Nani Nui, that brings the formal part of our web conference to an end, and now you're free to post questions in the chat pod. So what I'm going to do now, and to honour school and Spring Creek School, stick around, we'll say a, a big goodbye at the end. So I'm going to bring up the chat. Make it a bit bigger. No, that's too big. How did you make this bigger, Shelley? Oh, so just a point here, people. The, if you scroll down to the bottom of your screen, you'll see a chat um, bubble thing. If you click on that, it'll show up to the side so you can see what's going on. Cheers. Yes, so there's, well, there's invite, participants, share screen, chat, record. So you click on chat and that will bring up the chat pod. And that's where you can type in extra questions if you do have any. So, um, so, so, uh, Okay, so um, I think Barry's asked this question, yeah? Is that right, Barry? Yeah. So what is the difference in some examples of petrochemical plastics and bio or organic plastics? So remember, Tim talked about the fact that um, plastic doesn't break down unless it's a bioplast or organic plastic. But do you want to talk to us a bit more about some of those, some examples of... Um, the difference between those places in some examples, Tim? Um, the main um, pl plastics are all um, petrochemicals, so polyethylene, polypropylene, nylon, um, polyester, um, polyacrylamide, um, those sorts of um, materials are all um, derived from um, petroleum-based um, sources. Um, the, the classic example of a biopolymer is, is called PLA or polylactic acid and you'll hear that mentioned um, more and more as people talk about those sorts of things. So you can get drink bottles in, in polylactic acid and basically it's, it's a lot, it's, um, it's basically sugar and if you threw it in the sea, the fish would eat it. Um, so again, um, that, that's the, it, it in a nutshell, um, obviously you can go onto Wikipedia or other um, research and, and look at those sorts of examples um, for yourself as well. So look up biopolymers, you look up um, petroleum-based polymers, you'll get those sorts of listings and ideas. I was in the supermarket yesterday 
and I saw some little plastic knives and forks that I think were apparently a bioplastic. Well, I wasn't there. <laughs> no, it just was interesting. Yeah. I didn't look at it, but you're just reminding me yeah. now, and um, I might have a closer look at that next time. Okay, so thanks, Barry, for that question. And um, can we stop the worldwide pollution as a question here? Well, eventually we're going to have to, because it's coming back to bikers even um, in all um, situations. So it's going to be a long, slow grind because, again, the problem with pollution, the problem with, with, with short views is that it allows us to live a better um, life than we would if we had to take full care of everything we do. Basically, if, it, if, you, if, you, if it's not going to be to throw your material on your front lawn, you should never throw it out. We have to take precautions and, and, and keep those sort of materials isolated. Hmm. It's a good thing to think about. Yeah, if you're not prepared to throw it on the front lawn, don't throw it out or don't get it in the first place. Okay, and this is from Spring Creek. No, it's not. The Thompson Twins. What happens if the wrong recycling goes in the wrong place? It basically makes the mixed waste either rejected, so it goes back into the landfill and, and, and it's lost, or the, the buyers of the recycling um, will pay less for it. So it makes the whole process less viable for the, for the councils and everybody else, which means your parents have to pay more in their rates to do it. So by keeping the re recyclables as clean and also non-mixed as possible, whatever the, the system is, making sure you don't put the wrong plastics in as well, you'll get the, the, the maximum value in the marketplace for, for that um, re recycle and that makes the whole process more efficient. Great, thank you. And so this is from Spring Creek School. Hi, we would like to know what the worst kind of rubbish that exists is. Ooh. <laughs> that, that, the problem is that's quite such a, a bit of a loaded question. Obviously, nuclear is pretty bad, but we don't have that in New Zealand. So, uh, as I said, I think that it's it's really the, the volume of, 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 of material we, we've got. We've got to the stage now, we're producing so much that the planet can't make it disappear. I'm personally um, um, horrified the amount of plastic that's ending up in the sea, particularly. Um, by 2050, they're saying this, the amount of plastic in the sea will outweigh the fish, and that's assuming the fish stocks don't collapse in the interim. Um, so I think it's it's just the, 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 the material in in the environment which shouldn't be there because the environment's not geared up to manage it in any way. Um, but again, there is really um, nasty things, but most of the nasty chemicals, most of the nasty things um, are well controlled and well well maintained. So you're never going to get them to, to throw them out anyway. Thanks, Tim. Um... Uh, right, so for, here we go. How much rubbish can be recycled in landfills and what types of rubbish can't be recycled? The only things landfills are good at taking are, are the organics, the animal and plant wastes, because basically they rot down to, to make landfill gas, the water comes out as leachate, and the, it essentially disappears. So you can never fill a landfill up with organic waste. The inerts, unfortunately, are things that people do like to throw in landfills because there's no other choice 
for them, but the other things the landfills are no good at. Each time you put an inert in, the landfill fills up and fills up until it's full. So again, expanded polystyrene is particularly bad because for the, for the weight that it is, it uses up a lot of airspace, but basically anything that won't rot um, is, is no good for a landfill, and I call it landfill unfriendly products. So the life of, now this is the largest landfill in the country right here, but it's only going to last for how long? Um, it's consented until 2028. So we, we, we started it in 1993, and so it's going to be full on about 2028. So that's about 35 years. Um, and we have um, consented space is 20 million cubic meters. So um, it's a rugby field, three kilometers or nine sky towers high. So that's the, the consented airspace. But again, it, it will fill because we're not giving it food. We're seeding things that don't rot away. And so the landfill will continue to fill in, until it's completely um, um, reaches consent point. So I guess at the moment you're looking for another space. Um, we will always need new landfills unless something else changes. As I said, landfills are actually could be part of a dark green future as long as we feed them organic material. We can generate sustainable electricity. They never fill up and we can continue to operate them as a, as a base recycler of organic molecules. Okay, uh, another question here. How much waste is there in the world? We watched a clip about waste in the ocean and got worried. Far too much. I don't have those numbers. But basically, even if you look at, at, at your curb and in your local environment, even around your school, um, you, if you went around with, 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 with a bag and picked up the things that shouldn't be there and get an idea of, 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 of the weight and you multiply it by the surface area of the planet, you get a feeling for, for what's out there. But it's, it's in Antarctica, it's in, um, in the Arctic, it's in, it's, 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 it's in the deep oceans. Um, and again, it just more and more and more um, is, is, is getting out when it should never be thrown out. We need, we need to stop using it in, in, in the first place, but, even if, but if we do use it, we can't lose it to the environment. The environment can't get, is not geared up to deal with these sorts of molecules. Two more questions here from Spring Creek School. How did people deal with waste long ago, and how can we get rid of rubbish uh, out of our oceans? Um, long ago, people had um, basically an organic-based lifestyle. So you had um, leather clothing or cotton clothing. You had um, wool, etc. So everything was made out of plants and animals. So when you were finished with it, or or you, um, when you, and you threw it on on the ground, there's a biological system there that ate it, and so broke down the, it, it into its molecular um, state again, and then it, it um, re-entered the biosphere. All organic materials, food, something, even if we don't want to eat it, we may not want to eat a, um, a leather handbag, but I can assure you if we throw that in, in, um, out, um, the fish will eat it, anybody, the whole series of, of, of microorganisms will eat it as well. So in the old days, we didn't have synthetic materials that weren't biodegradable. They were all biodegradable apart from the ceramics of, of pottery and things like that. So um, even if you look at the, what what's, um, remains in, in Africa, all, they've, all that's left is the arrowheads, all the arrow shafts, etc. they've all gone, they're all wood. So again, they were never rubbish in the first place. So the other question they had was, how do we get rid of rubbish in the oceans? 
stop chucking it in there we're, in the first place. We've just got to stop it getting in there in the first place. I think that the, the cost of getting it back out again now is, is something no one's prepared to pay for. There's vast amounts in there. All we can do is stop continuing to, 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 to feed our oceans with material that has no, no future in there. Okay, a couple more questions here. Does recycling help prevent the whole... Hang on, let me try. I'll read this before I read it out loud. But does recycling help prevent the ozone hole getting bigger? No, they're not not actually related. Um, you're thinking probably greenhouse gases as opposed to the ozone. Um, the only part of recycling that's important for the ozone layer is that when we have an old fridge or freezer or air conditioning unit, we don't throw it out until it's been degassed. It's really important that we capture the gas within the refrigerant within those 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 units to make sure that they don't aren't released into the environment so that's the only aspect of, of recycling that's really important for um for, for the ozone layer and that's we've signed up to the montreal protocol which you can look up that to, to ensure that we minimize the amount of of ozone depleting gases that we release if everyone in new zealand did all the recycling things right what effect would it have on the planet is the question. Recycling is a bit of a fraud, sorry. We have to change what we do. Um, most, most of the materials are not recyclable. We actually need to um, organicalize um, our, our, what we do and to stay within the biosphere. Everything else is, is not sustainable. Even the metals, when we create a ton of iron, we release 1.7 tons of CO2 into the atmosphere. All these things are not actually a sustainable function. We need to come up with, with, with things that, that, um, that, that are part of the, the biosphere, part of the short um, cycle carbon, the, the, the green revolution that has to come. The term's not saying not to recycle, but what he's going back a step by saying that, that we, we, shouldn't have, we shouldn't be recycling essentially in the first place if products were made out of the correct materials. Yeah, um, as I said, recycling is better than doing nothing, don't get me wrong, but again, it isn't the solution to sustainability that people think it is. So Shia would like to know how we get more people using fabric bags instead of plastic ones. Good, good, good question. Because moving from single-use plastic bags to synthetic polyester plastic bags from the supermarket is no advantage whatsoever. A synthetic plastic bag weighs 270 times more than a single-use plastic bag. So you have to shop once a week for, for over five years to, to, to break even in the mass of plastic that you're actually using. You have to go to fabric bags. They have to be made available to people so that, and, and people have to understand the advantage of moving to a fabric or a paper bag that, 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 that a, large, a heavy, heavy lined plastic bag doesn't deliver. We used to have paper bags. We used to have paper bags. We used to have paper rubbish sacks as well. True. Except they get wet. Yeah, I, it's, it's terribly inconvenient being, being green, but we're just going to have to get used to it. Why do you think there are not more wooden spoons as opposed to plastic single-use spoons? I think we've become addicted to um, doing it on the cheap. It's a bit like the difference between a, a plastic water cup and a, and, a, and a paper cup. A paper cup costs about two and a half times as much as a, as a plastic cup. So it allows us to, to have more in, more in our life. 
uh, the problems that the planet pays for it. And, and unfortunately, your generation, that you young ones, are the ones that are going to be paying for us, us old greedies who have basically bought plastic cups to, to, to make our lifestyle easier. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, this is part of the reason why we're doing this field trip, isn't it? So we can be more, better educated. And there's hopefully some of you guys out there are starting to think, what can we do now and in the future to reduce the amount of waste we produce and, um, you know, yeah, come up with some solutions to fix our mistakes. Um, so steel is 100% recyclable. This is another question. Is that done? A lot, or does most of it eventually rust and um, go in a landfill? Um, well, if rust doesn't end in the landfill, steel's not 100% recyclable because it rusts. Um, even um, we have to actually um, cheat to, to keep steel um, from rusting. We put zinc on it, which is galvanizing, but the problem with the zinc is toxic metal, which is really hard on, on any animal with gills. We also um, put tin on the outside for tin cans, that's also a toxic metal. Or we mix steel with chrome and nickel, again, toxic metals to try and slow that rusting process down. So um, left on, on its own, steel probably lasts 20, 30 years if, if, if you're lucky, depending on, on the wall thickness. But basically the recycling process is also inefficient. Not all of it comes back for recycling, but um, we, we take the, the, the flock from the, the, the metal shredders and 20% of the, of the flock is, is metal. So again, you can't extract those materials efficiently. And also the, the melting process, the slag um, proportion is also very high as well. So um, metal in theory is recyclable, but in practice it, it's not. And would only really last for a million years if there was no oxygen in the, in the atmosphere. Well, heaps, heaps that have gone through this morning. We've got to fly, guys. Um, but um, have we got time for one more? Okay. How do you dispose of mercury? <laughs> one more question. Last one. Um, you can only really do it via containment. Um, so it's, it's, it's a... Um, I think they reacted with sulfur. I think mercury, mercury sulfide is insoluble, and then they can contain it. But certainly, um, you're better off not having it. And again, mercury's hard to get now. You can't get it in thermometers, etc. So all those old commercial uses of mercury are now no longer um, around. We're seeing some contamination on, of mercury in, um, in old bowling um, 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 grounds. It was used um, as a as a um, pesticide and um, back in the 20s and 30s for for for, for um, high end pitches. But as I said, we just don't use it anymore. And we even in the in our teeth, more and more of our fillings are actually um, composites, so they're not actually amalgam anymore. So again, we're no longer pushing those sorts of things in the environment. And again, it's better to think of how not to have it than what are we going to do once we've got it? Because again. We have, all we're doing is forcing the, the waste disposal industry to come up with solutions that they don't have for something that shouldn't be there in the first place. We have to think up front what we do as opposed to say, well, um, we've got it now, you have to deal with it. I remember my mum, it might have been me, broke a thermometer and um, I was allowed to play with the mercury on the kitchen bench. Can't you tell? Yeah. Hey, look, thanks, thanks for, your, um, for your time this morning, Tim. So much information. Um, thank you guys for joining us and staying to the end of the web conference.
Uh, remember, you can join us again tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, it's 9.15 is our live web conference. So do come along and be a part of that and um, get some more answers from our expert, Tim. But in the meantime, you can unmute all unmute now and you can say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Hopefully, we'll you can join us again tomorrow. But in the meantime, that brings the web conference to an end. Kaki te